0: Today I'm talking to Kimberly Canals, a top real estate agent in South Florida with One Sotheby's International Realty. The focus and niche of Kimberly's business is professional athletes. This focus is what brought her to being a top real estate agent in the company. We talk about how narrowing your focus grows your business and your success. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast is to share knowledge for realtors and raise awareness for give back homes where real estate professionals work together for social good. Jet Centers Aviation, Bentley Atlanta, Legends Global. Thank you for your sponsorship. All right, everybody. It's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today we are talking to Kimberly Canals from South Florida with One Sotheby's International Realty. Kimberly, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Hi, Jerry. Hi. So, Kimberly, we'll see where this goes, but I really lo- love Kimberly's business model and that she is specialized in who her customer is and how she does business, her typical customer is uh, basically a professional athlete. Um, But Kimberly, tell us, elaborate on that for us and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got in the business. Sure.
1: Well, I got into real estate 14 years ago, and since then I have um, transitioned my business probably about more 10 to 12 years ago into the sports and entertainment industry. And I worked with a couple athletes and then um, ended up joining a company that specialized in that because of the custom homes and the marketing that they need. They're very custom. And so um, after that we joined One Sotheby's and started their sports and entertainment division. So that was a really great um, stepping stone, having the uh, sports and entertainment division but now having One Sotheby's. And having the whole Sotheby's International Realty Network has just taken my business to another level for that type of clientele. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, When I got in 14 years ago, I started as a real estate assistant. And the agent that I was working for all of a sudden just started forwarding their calls to me. And they were MIA. And so I got thrown into it really quickly. What a cool
0: opportunity. I love it.
1: Yeah. Learned really fast. And then... um, you know, I got my license, and that was always the goal, got my license. Uh, started with a boutique company, and uh, went from there, so cool. it's really been
0: So the first question I love to ask everybody, we've kind of already answered it, but I'm going to get you to elaborate on it is, you know, real estate is such a competitive industry. If you, you you kind of think when you get your license that I'm going to get my license and my friends are going to sell their houses with me. And then you get your license and you realize your friends also know, you know, 30 other people that have their licenses and have all kinds of obligations and can't decide who to hire. So in a competitive industry like that, my first question always is, what is it? that gives you your competitive edge so that you can win business and stay a top agent?
1: Well, I would say there's two different things. And I love this question. One is my niche market of having the um, the sports and entertainment division and having that type of clientele. So that really, um, I know how to cater to them. I know their needs. I know they're moving often and quickly. And need more than just a house. It may be having cars transported, um, and getting a private chef in a new location. I had someone ask me for uh, size 23 custom shoes, which I got. So there's always, you know, That's whatever awesome. market they're going into, right. I know more than just finding them, you know, a roof over their heads. And it's getting all of those things um, in place for them to make the transition as smooth as possible. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing would be uh, really leveraging the, the network that we have. I sat down and I just brought on um, a new agent that I'm mentoring. And when I met with him, he got his license and talked to a couple agents he knew. He happened to be one of my former clients. Um, oh, wow. Said, and we were having a glass of wine. And the owner of the restaurant came up and was talking to him. And almost immediately when I said that I was – realtor sort of just dismissed me and was just talking to him not really paying attention to me and um he said well i'm learning i'm trying to learn from kim and she said oh you should call this person you should call this person right wow really crazy and she said you know i just had to sell my my parents house in indy and i just googled a realtor and i found one i did all the work and you know it really didn't matter who i listed with but i was able to find someone And I said, well, that's too bad that you did all the work, because the beauty of our network is if you call me, and even though I'm your realtor here, I have a great agent in Indy that could have listed that house for you, did the work, and then you could have just, you know, worked on your restaurant that you just opened and not had to work on that.
0: And by the way, your house might have sold for more money because houses that for sale by owner right. on average sell for 20% less than houses represented by agents. Besides right.
1: all she, this stuff. She did all the work and it, it was. Wow. Like, that made no sense to me. And so yeah. as I was talking about our network and what we did and gave an example of a client that I had helped, she completely shifted her energy to me. And she said, you have changed my perspective in two minutes of what I thought of realtors and she said wow. I have this with you, I did not have a high opinion of realtors and she said, you completely changed how I view realtors and what they do. And she said, Todd, you should go work with her. Good job. That's awesome. <laughs> so it, it was great, but it it is, I think that when people hear realtor, especially in South Florida, we have, everybody knows multiple realtors. You have to differentiate yourself because um, you want to be highly regarded in your profession and Sotheby's gives it that but you have to utilize it because Sotheby's is well a great brand but if you don't utilize it it's not doing you any justice.
0: It's kind of like yeah. actually uh, it was Brad Nelson that said this you can you can join any gym you want but you still have to use it and leverage it. So right. being able to leverage your resources like Sotheby's International Realty and then having your specialty <clears throat> excuse me everybody having your specialty on top of that. Um right. So there's a few things on top of that question. So how do you, when you, you know, so you specialized in working with athletes, like athletes are the kinds of people that we don't have the phone numbers for. Everybody wants their autograph. They're very well-known people. And it's important that you establish not only relationship, which is often next to impossible, but a level of trust with athletes. So how did you, go about and some of that may have come your way but how did you go about specializing and developing those relationships or what are some important lessons you've learned in going through the process of creating such a specialized niche in industry
1: well i think you touched on two of them right there and that's trust building that trust and that comes from being an honest person and doing a good job and then also discretion and um i use names or testimonials only when I have permission to do so. So um, I see a lot on social media of realtors snapping pictures with this person, this person, this person, not just realtors, any profession, because it looks cool or or whatever. And that's great. And that works for their business. But that's not how I work my business. Um, I put some stuff out there. And I definitely have heard that I should put more out there. But I just really respect the privacy and confidentiality of, uh, you know, their life. And I've definitely been in a showing where someone's asking for a photo. Um, wow. It yeah. Often I sort of I know how to manage it, but once in a while, someone really just you know doesn't care, and they'll ask for that. And it's just uncomfortable when you're trying to just take a place in, and somebody's sort of starstruck. Um, Mm -hmm. I got into it with, I I had some friends in the industry, in the sports industry, Mm -hmm. and I had a few clients, um, come to me that way. And it really was just building that relationship, having a friendship level of trust, uh, doing a good job for them. And then it led to referrals and whether it was from the players or their business manager, financial advisor, or agent realizing that. I did a good job and kept everyone in the loop. I was professional about everything. Um, then that's when my referrals really started growing and snowballing. Um, definitely going above and beyond. Like I said, finding someone for shoes, or a chef, or a dry cleaner that will come to your house. Um, you know. Haircuts are important, so barbers. Love it.
0: You know, it makes me think to so, say uh, Michael Carucci is an agent in Boston, and I, I talked to him about, you know, what is it that sets you apart? It was a very similar answer to yours. He said, "We do, we do, do, we do real estate and everything else. So, he said, you know, we do real estate, but we have clients that come in town and they're coming late and they need a place to, they, they're coming, like he had one client coming into a place to stay and they had a kid with a food allergy. So they had the house completely stocked with food that the son wasn't allergic to so that they could have a meal or they didn't have the right. house stocked, but they had, you know, enough stuff in the house for snacks and a meal ready for them when they got home that night. But there are things of bringing to certain clients that level of service that's necessary because of the circumstances in which they live in, which athletes kind of have the same, like need a size 23 shoe.
1: Yeah. I, I, mean,
0: I that had to be a basketball player.
1: It was. Yeah. That I was mean,
0: a that's a big cause those are big guys. I mean, that is yeah. like, that is hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And I just really, I thought, okay, well, this is a request I haven't had before, but I know I can get figure this out. And I just really thought of who's the biggest client that I have, you know, and who's the tallest guy. And I called him and I said, where do you get your shoes? And then, you know, that sort of, he gave me the owner of, um, a company where he gets custom shoes and you know the rest was history so that was good but there's definitely just going above and beyond and doing that kind of thing mm-hmm. build that trust for them um, also I'm not asking for pictures I'm not asking for autographs I, I truthfully don't care at this exactly. point. I've worked exactly. with a lot of people I've only been starstruck a couple times and that was by you know maybe just a complete legend so you know that kind of thing but it really doesn't affect me because that's what i do every single day exactly so I'm, to me it's it's exciting i like sports i understand them i grew up in cleveland our our seasons uh, we so you know i have a chat with my dad and my brother and it's always about the browns or the Cavs. you know what's going on here what's going on with this team so i definitely i understand it i i get it and i like it but it's not something that to me is you know I don't get starstruck. So I think just also telling them exactly, being completely honest with someone. So I've had guys come to me and say they want to buy a house. And, yes, I definitely could have made more money um, maybe initially. But I've said, why don't you rent for a year? Because you don't know what it you've never owned before. You've never even been to Florida. Mm-hmm. So you don't know if you want a house. You don't know if you want a condo, a townhouse. You don't know what it takes to maintain it. Here is what it takes to maintain it, and I can get you in touch with a landscaper and a pool guy and you know, all of that. But why don't we find you a rental in the meantime? I could have made more money in the beginning, but I think that being honest and the referrals coming to me from them is way more important. And in the long run, I think that's made my business more successful than just trying to have one deal. It Absolutely.
0: Well, you've referred me a few clients and every time just the the rapport. And thank you, by the way, because the report it built with me immediately, besides the referral was amazing. But the report that you build with them, because I think a few things are important that I like to share with everybody about the way you do businesses. You're always very professional and very informative, but you also are not afraid to be friends with your clients because you are looking out for what's best for them, putting them number one, not focused on the deal, but focused on what's best for my client. And in doing that, it becomes, you know, I, I, we just did an interview with Brad Henderson and he talks about, you know, it's in our, he went from commercial and now he's the CEO of um, Canada Sotheby's International Realty. And he talks about, you know, you guys are really friends. Like you really develop a friendship with all of your clients that you don't see in commercial. And I see you doing that with athletes where a lot of people would back off. And you've got these friendships with these athletes. They, they're they like a family member. You're like a family member. They trust you. They, they can really count on you to deliver for them. And they know that you understand them and their lifestyle and what they need. And I think that's an important element of this business that some people do miss out on. So I don't know how many stories you can share, but if you've got a fun story you can share about, about your clients and the, and the cute fun stuff that they do, um, we'd love to hear one.
1: Well, I definitely, I've had um, one of my, I think part of the friendship grows and it's just like any client really, you become friends with some and, and not with others, you know, I mean, it's, I never have a bad relationship with anyone, but you just become closer with certain clients than you do with others and it might just be their lifestyle your lifestyle whatever it is um but you know i love for example the other day and this is not an athlete or anyone actually they're in the music industry but um they sent me they were texting me photos of their newborn baby and it's so exciting to me when i get that kind of thing i love it because you you work with them to find this home, and you know this room is going to be the nursery. And then that relationship, it slows down because you're not seeing them or talking to them every day for the the um, transaction. But I love getting those updates and then going to visit and, and that kind of thing and seeing how the house has turned out. But as far as uh, some of the athletes, there was a really funny one of my favorite clients. He's so funny to me. He just is one of those guys. He's always got a smile on his face. And a really engaging personality, and uh, he had just moved in here to his apartment in um, in South Florida, and he said he texted me saying that his washer wasn't working, and I thought we just went through. Are you kidding me? That's years hilarious, ago. You know, right? It was years ago, I said, "Well, I don't remember your specific washing machine, but typically you turn it to the setting and you." Pull the knob out. And he like wrote back, LOL. And I said, Well, is it working? And he was like, Yes, ma'am. And it was. Oh, so awesome. that's awesome. And yeah. you have to remember that, you know, they're 21 coming from college, right? Yeah. And a lot of athletes, some of them have never had a job before because they've trained their entire life to get to this point in their career. So they're working, but it's training, you know, it's yeah. two day practice. And everything, so they haven't worked in maybe an office or, or uh, even a restaurant. So it's different. It's a different skill set that they have. And there's obviously they're at the top of their game. They're getting drafted into. But they still
0: can't. That doesn't mean they can operate a washing machine, among other things.
1: Yeah, and they get thrown into it. So it's so funny. And then that same client texted me, I think, asking, saying his lights weren't working, and I said, well, did you pay your FPL bill? His well, I love bill. the fact like
0: I would be worried about something's wrong with the electric panel because I'm used to people who pay their electric yeah. bills and know how to operate washing machines yeah. but or wouldn't call me if that was the problem because you you're, you kind of become mama bear yeah. but the fact that you know that they probably didn't pay their electric bill because they've never had to before or the right. fact that you can even think that they don't know how to operate I mean like because that's not my client. That's great though, because it's like such a cute example, but it's relevant to when you have a specific kind of client, the way you're able to, even on cute little things like that, it's powerful and it delivers over and over again.
1: Well, and then when that happens, that that all, it reminds me, right? So then the next time I'm working with a client that's that young or, or that kind of thing, I remember to, emphasize those things and go through that and let's go through you know setting up your utilities that you have oh, your wow. or something yeah. like that um so it's always a learning experience and you know i i was mentioning okay. i had um the other night i was baking for my office and one of my clients saw i posted a picture because it's so pretty i made this um, this red velvet cheesecake, and it was really pretty. So, I posted a picture on my Instagram story. And the next day, my client messaged me and said, "Do you have any? Save me a piece of that cheesecake." And I said, "Well, you can stop at <laughs> the office any all day." Sure enough, he did. He stopped in and asked for a piece of cheesecake. I wasn't even there. They hooked him up with a piece of cheesecake. This,
0: this guy's like a famous athlete stopping by your office for a piece of cheesecake. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> So funny, and you know, there. My office texts me after. Oh, was that a Dolphins player? He was like six five. I'm like, yeah, yeah, though. And but we do, you know, we form relationships, and it's just. Um, I think it's it's just important because they a lot of times when people come to town, they're new here and they don't know anyone, and I'm one of the first people they come in contact with in a professional capacity. Mm-hmm. So you know, they have their agent, sometimes the financial advisor and um, they're meeting people with the team. They really don't know anyone else. So I, I've had people ask for recommendations, where do I take my mom to eat when she comes into town? Oh yeah.
0: Or, but you, become, you become really kind of like a mom or a sister to a lot of your clients. Yeah. And I think the message in that is like, know what you are. Like your right. clients, our clients might think they're coming to us to find them a house, which they still are. But there are also other needs that we fulfill that we need to be open to that create that kind of value and the value, the relationship, the loyalty that grows businesses like yours that's done done so well. Um, What can you tell us about, you know, I think every really successful person has had their challenges, and it's usually our challenges that make us the strong, successful people we are and become, Winston Churchill and Abraham Lincoln being great examples. Um, I keep referencing Brad Henderson, but those were a couple that he's given us. But what's, what is What is a challenge that you've gone through in our business or even a mistake you've made or something you can share that wasn't so great, but how did you overcome that? And how is it relevant and applied to the success you have now?
1: Well, when the market crashed here, um, I was only a few years into the business. So, that was a really tough trying time. There were pros and cons to it, of course. We had a correction with prices um prices were really out of control at that time, and uh, it also weeded out a lot of agents that were in the business for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. you know um to work part time make full time money, just make a few bucks off their relatives or neighbors, that kind of thing. Everyone was doing it on the side um, so For me, it it weeded out a lot of people. In hindsight, it was good. But at the time, it was really, really challenging. And it hurt us bad. We also had had, uh, just had two hurricanes back to back. So we went through two hurricanes, which had already started to slow things down. And then then the market crashed. Um, And it was a really trying time. But what I did, I thought, okay, well, sales are slowing down. There are still needs, people still need to move for a variety of reasons. Um, so I started just pumping out rentals, you know? <laughs> and I did what I had to do to survive. I didn't have to, I know so many people that had to go get another job. Um, and a lot of people were really hesitant. Oh, I don't wanna get into rentals, that's not my thing. I just adapt, you know? Whatever's going on in the market, that's what I have to do to make money, that's fine. And it worked out really well because those people eventually become buyers a lot of times. So um, I did more rentals than I could probably count, but it helped me stay in real estate, still build relationships within the industry. I didn't have to go get another job um, or leave the career completely. And I think I just came out stronger from it because it was I've heard even an agent in my office said, Do you remember when we were scraping together change in our in you know in your car for like McDonald's or something? <laughs> and we were just all talking about it because yeah. everything was moving. It was, it was so crazy.
0: Swell. It was crazy.
1: Yeah. So we definitely um and I can't even how my business has grown since then has just been tremendous. And it's been I'm so glad that I stuck it out and and went through that because it's only made me, I've always been a really hard worker. That's Mm -hmm. just, I think, how my family, how I was raised and how the town where I'm from, where we were, Mm -hmm. it was just very, very hard work. So,
0: uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Cleveland. Okay, oh, that's right, you told us that. Sorry, everybody, you told us that already. So, what do you, a lot of people talk about, I don't wanna specialize, I can't specialize because then I might lose business or I might um, pigeonhole myself into a certain kind of client. Can you give us um, give us a little insight into that because you are very specialized and very outspoken about it, not afraid to be very specific, and of course you attract an ideal client, but you still have competition. But what can you share with us about about the importance and what it's done for you and why you feel it would or wouldn't pigeonhole you or how you work with that?
1: It certainly has come up. Some of my um, clients who are just my friends, families that I work with um in not in the sports and entertainment industry, they, they will ask me, will you take this on or would you consider this? And I'm like, of course, you know, I sold you the house. Yes, you know, you're so, my clients, I, I haven't changed what I do. I think I'm just more outspoken about it um, because that business has grown so much. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely have people ask me about that all the time. And it's just, I, I'm not an athlete. I'm not a musician, you know, that's not me. And most of you know my friends, a lot of them are not. So I still want to work with them. It's still relationships that are important to me. I'm going to do the same for them that I would do for anyone else. So I think that um, it's just really having open communication about that. Mm-hmm. And people know that, yes, it's a good portion of my business, but it's not all of my business. Um, I think it's probably, it probably makes up 60, 70% of my business yeah
0: um, well something we talked about earlier too was that you know for example in my business I specialize in Brookhaven and Buckhead and I started just in Brookhaven or in a neighborhood called historic Brookhaven um, in Atlanta where the average sales price is a million dollars so it's a good neighborhood to specialize in but it's sure. you know in doing that and I think in doing what you do it might it maybe it shuts a few doors but it's open more doors than it's closed and I think you like I see the relationship that you have and referrals that we've, we've been able to share, and that it, it's opening doors, not only you know that you wouldn't have had before, but occasionally it'll, it has opened a door that I didn't win, but I would have that door would never been opened in the first place had I not put myself into a specialty to get the exposure and the relationships that I had in the first place. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I, it, it's it's also communicating to those clients, but I think it's important to remember. Like if I'm going to go to a doctor, I'm going to go to a doctor who specializes in what I need. I mean, this is so right. cliche. Everybody knows this. I'm speaking common sense. But I think it's important for us to remember that in my business because it literally, I don't know about you, but for me, not being afraid to know a market and specialize in it is right. what took my business from mediocre to being a top agent.
1: Absolutely. I, it completely makes a difference. And I wouldn't change anything about that. Um I think that it certainly opened doors for me, mm-hmm. uh, especially once they realize what I do in, in terms of, um, you know, it's not just real estate in South Florida. That if they go anywhere, that I can relocate them wherever they're going. So you've got, I have such had, a strong
0: network with Sotheby's, exactly.
1: A, right with Sotheby's, with agents that I was working with even before I was with Sotheby's in other markets. So in any major market, I can place you. So. They don't have to think every time. I've had guys be in four different cities in one season. So they just call me, and I'm like, okay, well, let's get you into just like temporary housing here or there. Whatever it is, whatever their needs are, they know they can call me and I'll get that taken care of for them. So they don't have to find a new realtor every single time. And
0: that goes back to that message of opening doors because you specialize in working with athletes and celebrities. You have now opened the door because you're focusing on a certain kind of client to servicing them in more than one market. Because literally they know they can call you and it doesn't have to be Miami. They're going to call you in whatever market they're going to because they know that they can trust you
1: because of those relationships that, that you've developed with them. So. Absolutely. I'm working on a lot of, a lot of um, the NFL draft picks right now. They're going, you know, really exciting time. I went to the draft in Dallas. I took my brother with me. It was so much fun. Awesome. Uh, and one of my clients actually asked if I wanted to go. And I thought, sure, you know, yeah. I've never before. What a cool experience. So they're with the... Uh, with the Cleveland Browns organization. And they um, offered me tickets. So I got to meet with them there and take my brother who's a huge Browns fan since we grew up there. And, uh, but now it's it's really a busy time for me because the new rookies are coming in to different markets and getting them situated and educating them on, on real estate in general. It's A lot of it's an education process because this is a first purchase mm-hmm. for them. So it's educating and, um, And I think that they see the value once they work with me, knowing that it's someone who specializes in what they do when we're talking about specialty, Mm -hmm. they can go to any realtor and any realtor can sell them a house, that's fine. But when they see what I add to them, when I'm writing a lease and I'm making sure that there's an early termination clause in there because we don't know if they're going to be traded. And you're thinking of these things, yeah. I'm ahead of them on it. Writing confidentiality clauses into my contracts. Yeah. so if and if you see my clients' names out there it's because I chose to put them out there
0: and we, or they, we or chose they chose yeah exactly
1: we, we put them out there if we're selling a house if it's in the public record so people are going because they're going to um, get it anyway so I always say let's get ahead of it let's put it out there but let's put the spin we want on it what's the reason you're really selling because media outlets tend to run with, they're in financial distress or speculation. They're not happy with the team. They don't want to be on the Heat. They don't want to be on the Dolphins. They don't want to be on the Panthers. So they tend to just run with whatever they want. So I always say, okay, we're going to list this house. We're going to get ahead of it. And we have a PR team. Write your
0: own story. Yeah.
1: The um, media outlets before it's listed. And that's the way to do it. But there's definitely, you can see, I know right away, you um, if my clients, you know, they, if I give them that option, typically they always choose the confidentiality and we use the name if they're selling it, and only because that generates more interest in the property.
0: What is your, since you've been in the biggest, since you've been in the business, what is your biggest aha that you've had about being a real estate agent? Because we, we all know everybody has a perspective on what this business is like.
1: Um, this... You know, my biggest aha, I think that and it's it's very simple. And a lot of people probably realized this way before I did. But when I got into the market, and I think it's because it was such a hot market and everyone was a realtor and it was just people were writing offers in the backseat of their cars and it was just mess. But everyone was competition. Every other realtor, it was just competition, right? And we all compete. That's what we do, we're salespeople. If we didn't if we didn't have a competitive bone in our body, then we wouldn't be good at what we do. But really, I didn't realize utilizing, just having good relationships with other agents, how important that is. And I've learned that, um, especially since joining Sotheby's, but even you know a few years prior, I wish I would have realized this much earlier, but really building relationships with agents and other companies and not viewing them as competition because they're really, they are but we're also working together we want to put deals together having people having good relationships with agents is definitely something that i have turned around over the last i didn't have bad relationships i just didn't have much of relationships I with others exactly the same experience yeah yeah and now it's made such a world of difference to me because having that good relationship when you're going to put in an offer and you know them Or they have had a good experience with you, even if it's just showing a listing and just being pleasant. um, Building those relationships has been well. It can make or break a deal
0: for you. It's you know it's we actually have an interview with Patrick Lilly about just just on that just because he's so big on relationships just on relationships. As he came in the business, you came in the business, I came in right. the business, everybody tells you this is a cutthroat business. You just kind of have that frame of mind. The realtors are cutthroat people. They're all competitive. And then I don't know what flipped the switch for me, but one day you're like, oh, wait a minute. They're just like me. We're all in this together. And oh by the way, I'm, the thing I love about our business is, yeah, we do compete for listings with the same clients, but more often than not, we're working together. Exactly. To make deals happen more often than we're ever competing for them, right. and in doing that i 've gotten deals that i couldn't have gotten done because the agent knew and trusted that I was going to be an agent to work with and not make make life hell and kill the deal for everybody Absolutely. Um, for lack of a better way of saying it so what what do you think what flipped the switch for you was it was it anything in particular
1: or you know i I think that um I sort of already had that, just having a couple good experiences, um, that was already, I I saw how things were working for me in a different way, just, you know, maybe, oh, I know this agent, and this client called me last minute, it's 24-hour notice, but she might get me in, you know, because we have a relationship. oh, wait, yeah, better start start being nice to her. I don't like to take advantage of that, and please try to give as much notice as you can for showings. (laughs) Right. Right. But th- that kind of thing, I started noticing that. And then when I joined Sotheby's, um, they really, they talked about that. Yeah. And I think it was um, just an, a manager at that time. I don't remember who specifically did, but I remember them talking about that. And I said, okay, well, there must be something to it. I've already sort of been noticing this. I really need to work harder to, you Embrace. know. yeah. Make that a priority because I've had some really trying transactions, and when I have a good relationship with the agent on the other side, it's just a world of difference. And when you feel like you're you're butting heads and everything, it's just we already have a difficult buyer and seller, maybe, or or one of the parties might be difficult. But if you at least if that's a good relationship, it makes the transaction so much easier.
0: And our job is to diffuse the is to diffuse the emotions not to not to exacerbate or make it worse but we're there because it's scientifically proven everybody knows my favorite book never split the difference by chris foss i don't know if you and i talked about it you gotta read it yeah see like everybody knows i love that book but he talks about diffusing emotions and having conversations because as long as people are emotional and they're intense they cannot make rational decisions like it's it's proven like it's not like an opinion it's not like it seems that way it's you know at Emory and not Emory, maybe Emory at two, but Harvard and everywhere else, they wire you up, they ask you questions, they watch your responses and you literally can't be rational. And a lot of our job in an industry that's so emotional because it's your home, your family, your money, the three things other people we don't want bothering with, they are when we buy a home. So-
1: absolutely. And that's why even when, and I don't want to get into this really, but when people come to you in terms of, you know, Maybe there's something with the inspection, and well, what about commission? I'm not going to live there, and it's not it's not my house. I have a house. Right. Oh, it's not for my family. I, I don't right. understand why I should pay for a water heater. So right. you know, that kind of thing is just sort of funny to me because I'm not asking my doctor to you know like cut me a deal and you know throw in like some IVs or whatever you know whatever that might be. That's a great analogy.
0: Right. You know,
1: I don't get it. But um, when you're saying that, you know, it's just, yeah. that's another reason why I think it's good to have a good relationship with the other agent because it avoids that kind of thing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love it. So is there yeah. anything else that you would add? Like, is, I mean, that's a, actually, I kind of want to end it with that, but I always ask this just to kind of put on, to stack it is, is there anything you wish you knew coming in this business that you know now? And that might be the same answer.
1: That would be probably, uh, the same answer. The other thing would be, and I didn't necessarily have this impression, but I know a lot of people coming into the business do that, um, that our business is so flexible that our schedules. Are oh so
0: flexible. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. I have no, I'm glad but,
0: I didn't know that cause I might've never done it and I love it now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think, you know, I work all the time. We're always on, uh, I try to set some boundaries and have my, My days, like today, Mondays, I typically don't take appointments with clients. It's just my day, my office day. I have to set everything. I do all my marketing for the week, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of my office stuff. Although I took one appointment today, Um, but it's just one, right? (laughs) Just one, and you know, it's really not that flexible. We're we're really at we're on other people's schedules. Mm -hmm. So, although you know, that's the other thing. I guess I wish I would have known how demanding it was. I wouldn't change it, but um, I wish I would have known that a well, little
0: on, bit. Well, on that, I'd love to know, how do you, now that you've discovered that, as we all have, I love when people are like, oh, it's, it's great. There's so much flexibility. No. But, um, but how, what are some of the things that you have learned to, or have you um, been able to set some boundaries or leverage other people to be on so you can be off for a minute? Or what are, what are the things that you do to, sell, to keep a little balance?
1: Well, I do try to have certain days to focus on like my Mondays. That's my, my marketing day and just like a maintenance day. I I look at it as my marketing and maintenance. Monday maintenance. Yeah. 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 It's just, I think mental maintenance a little bit, but I think it sort of naturally happened that I really don't have that many showings on Mondays over the weekend. People sort of get those out of the way and they want to see things when they're off work and then maybe new listings come up during the week so they want to. But Monday sort of shook out that way for me and I enjoy that. Um, and I typically work from home. I don't even go into the office that day. It was That's my home office day where I'm just, I can zone in and focus and knock out so much. Um, so I do that. On Fridays, I have my just like a follow-up in the morning, my follow-up Friday where it's my, my morning follow-up from anything that week that I need to wrap up before the weekend. So if I need to touch base with um, lenders, title companies, anyone that closes for the weekend, that's just my, my Friday morning is set aside for that. Just- I
0: love it. I love all the, uh, and I can't even think of the, but your names for the days. Marketing maintenance it's Monday, is- follow-up love- Friday.
1: Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's easy, but it works for me. It, it, but it, it, it
0: ingrains it.
1: Right. Because it's just, that's what I do. I try to work around it. I try to also with the sports and entertainment with the the athletes, I know their schedule. I know their off days. I know the times they're not available before 1 p.m. So in my afternoons during like training camp and, and stuff like that, I will keep that time frame. I'll try to keep that open for them. I know it's going to be a high demand time. So I try to keep that open. Whereas, you know, my family's, that I work with that are not in that industry. Uh, It might be after work, after 5 p.m., 6 p.m. So I have sort of my evenings and then my afternoons. And I try to just keep that in mind when I'm planning out my week, just to make that easier for me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm trying to scramble and fit people in, and it's just really tough. So that makes that easier. Um, I have added an agent that I'm mentoring, and I have a couple other people that I will work on. They're also in the sports and entertainment division. And so we'll work on um, certain clients' deals together, or I may utilize them if I'm just overbooked or have to travel. Um, but the agent that I added in that I'm mentoring, he's phenomenal. Like I said, he was a former client of mine, That's and great. super bright guy. So, I'm so, so former
0: client. So he was a former athlete, or no, he's okay.
1: not. Actually. Okay. Okay. A top. Uh, Regional marketing exec for a um, national company. So, I mean, he's great. He's been helping me with some of my showings and stepping in for that kind of thing. So, he's tremendous with that. So, that's helped alleviate a little bit of my time where I can allot more to um, just some of my marketing and that kind of thing. Um, so, that's sort of I plan my day out, and then I work seven days a week. And then I try to just take maybe a long weekend here or there where I'm going to go visit family or friends. And but
0: That's up, great. so up, yeah. I'll work every day until that. That's yeah. great. All right, so we are going to start closing out um, because you and I have to get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, two things, number one, is there a book or a speaker or someone motivational that you want to share with us um, that has affected your business? Of course you know what mine is, never split the difference. But
1: <laughs> right. I honestly the the person that I utilize the most, and this isn't an author of a book, is actually our managing broker in my office. And sitting down with her, BJ Martinez. I um, love her.
0: Yeah, she's I, fabulous.
1: She BJ Martinez Priloman, sorry. So
0: she's gonna be on the show, everybody. We had an interview with her and it it didn't record. It was it's happened is, twice, and sadly one of them was with her. But yeah yeah she's fantastic
1: so that would be you know i'll I'll go to lunch with her once a month sometimes more if it's needed and that just sort of recenters me and we can focus on anything that i've had going on that i'm trying to work through um but I, i talk to her weekly multiple times a week you know whether it's just a text or a call or stopping in the office um but she's, she's really a great resource. And for me, I like to be able to talk through something. So there's certainly great books that I've read, and a lot of people have recommended this speaker or this speaker, but I like a personal, I like to really get into what I'm working on and have someone to talk through it with.
0: That's great. And BJ Martinez is your girl, and that's, she's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so what is the one thing, if there's one thing we get out of this interview, what would you have that be? Just about this, about our business and about being your best.
1: I think the thing that has made me the most successful is being myself. And I think that's where the trust has been built in that industry with sports and entertainment because I am honest and I can't see life any other way. Like I'm just an upfront, honest person. Um, But I, I look at things of how I would want to be treated, how I would treat my brother and his family if I'm looking for a house. And that's sort of how I treat my clients, too. And I see a lot of that because my brother's younger than me. So I already have that in me.
0: So you're Um, the big sister to all the athletes. That's it. The big sister. I love it. Yeah. That's how you know they wouldn't know how to turn on a washing machine or pay their electric bill. Love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also, you know, a lot of my friends' parents are retiring, and I look at them as my parents are going through this and yeah. it is a challenging time. It's not just finding a house. It's a whole lifestyle change. So I think it's just really that one thing is just be yourself, treat people how you would want your family treated. Hopefully you have good relationships with their family, but you know, just treat people like that and yeah. go about your business, how, you know, how you would want everything around you to happen to you. And I think that it's just, that's, it all works out then.
0: That's awesome. What good advice. Kimberly, that's the best. Thank you. This was a really fun interview. Was that?
1: I think it's pretty basic, but I. It think is, it. but
0: you know what? A lot of people want to make it so like it's so. That was it. Like you nailed it. Like I think everybody wants to know the trick. What's the trick? What am I going to do to be successful? What am I, What do I not know? Right, we were in a workshop the other day. I, I do a workshop Elevate Eight for Atlanta Fun Homes, um, and I'm going to eventually start offering it to people who listen to the podcast. But oh. Stephanie and our group goes. You know what? All this time, I just had, I realized I had this notion that there's this big secret out there, and all these successful realtors know it, and I'm the only one who doesn't know what it is. And she goes, I just realized, like, there's not a secret. There's no secret. It's just you've got to be good. You've got to be good at what you do. You've got to stay consistent and do it. And, I mean, it's, it, and at whatever level we are, whether we're new or whether we've been doing it for 30 years, it's keeping that foundation and remembering those things. I, I mean, that's that was love
1: it it's awesome it really is I think it's just that's it you just have to you know regardless of how long because if you're not yourself you it will come out eventually you know and it's just exactly you you can't keep up and act that long it's just not and everybody's different and that works for them and their clients that's why everybody has different clientele and that's what makes the world go round but exactly and there's enough to go around for everyone so the the competitive part is cool But I think it's just, you know, building those relationships is so key as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you.